0: Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast, my name is Jamie, and in this episode features two hosts, Giandra and Ryan. In our first segment, Giandra interviews comedian Kalise Hawkins. Kalise Hawkins is a 15 year veteran of stand up who has appeared in various programs from Oxygen, Disney, Adult Swim, Comedy Central, and MTV. And her latest comedy album, Khalees Hawkins is 40 AF, is Khalees' debut comedy full length. And she is here to talk to us about that. In our second segment, it's all Ryan. And she is taking a deep dive into one of our favorite Marvel superheroines. Can you take a guess? She lives in Wakanda. That's right. It's Shuri. So if you are maybe not that familiar with Shuri or you know everything there is to know about Shuri, then maybe this is a podcast episode you want to take a listen to because she's going to go over everything from her origin story to how she plays into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and so much more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode episode featuring comedian Khalees Hawkins and Ryan taking a deep dive into Marvel superhero Shuri. Enjoy! I'm so looking forward to talking to you because I can relate
1: to you on so many different levels and I love your your style of humor. I was listening to a piece of your of your upcoming comedy album 40 AF and I am 40 AF and I also <laughs> have a teenager and oh, I wow. also am a single parent so oh wow
2: <laughs> oh you don't know how good that feels to hear uh, that you relate to me on the level of having similar experiences because you know you, you sometimes everything feels so isolating and you don't know if there anybody can understand what you're going through Absolutely. You, what what city do you live in
1: I'm in Inglewood in California
2: Okay. All right. I don't know anything about Inglewood except for when I see in the movies, (laughs) but, but I'm out here, you know, for the most part, I've raised her with roommates, you know, in Jersey city. So
1: I was struggling. (laughs) So I know you get that. I totally get that. You know, I did a late shift career into journalism and rebuilding from, from scratch is a whole nother thing that, a younger person will not understand when you're trying to do this entertainment thing as a woman over 40 or even over 30 it's a whole different ball game
2: yep 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 there's I, you know we're starting to make a path for ourselves you know what i mean i, uh, I feel th- like um we've got to entertain ourselves and we've got to market to ourselves and we've got to realize that we can't keep watching Euphoria. We can't watch teenagers. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't watch. I mean, you know, they're growing ups being teenagers, but it, it it reminds us of when we were teenagers. But what speaks to us now?
1: You know what I mean? Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. Before I was going to sit down and and talk to you, I just thought about women in comedy in general, and what the face of women comedy and black women in comedy look like. So. I went to Twitter and I, I mean, I went to uh, Google and I Googled women in comedy and I had to scroll almost a whole page before I got to a black women comedian. And the first one that popped up for me was Wanda Sykes. Then I had to scroll another page before I got to Moms Mabley and then Whoopi. What does it take for even the face of comedy to change for black women? Is it as simple as green lighting specials on a a huge platform touring i mean touring is always a big thing but you know we're limited by our current world situation what does it even take to change the face of comedy for black women
2: um wow that's a tough question um because i i come up from when there were black comedy shows and i i know there still are but there was a time when You know, you could only perform at a black comedy show outside of a comedy club. And the odd thing about it was I think black comedians were really thriving during that time. They were paying their rent. They were getting paid really well for shows. And then somehow people kind of broke through the barrier and got real popular. And we stopped having those nights, even at clubs. They Mm -hmm. stopped being those nights. Those nights were so important. Because, you know, you got a booker who's black, you've got an audience that wants to see black comedy, whether or not they're black or white, and there was a space for it. So it's this weird question of, you know, how how are we ever gonna be integrated into a situation where we're equal and we're half, half and half in the first place, as just black people. Mm-hmm. And then when is when it, it black women are always last in line for those things, right. but I also don't see it happening in general. In comedy clubs, it feels like it went backwards. So, so what I'm talking about is okay. When I started comedy, you you would go to the Laugh Factory. Wendy Williams had a show at the Laugh Factory. Then Capone had a show at the Laugh Factory. He was hosting her show at first, and that was the weekend. And then at the at Caroline's, every weekend would be like Patrice O'Neill or Paul Mooney or, you know, some other traveling like a Wayans brother. Like it was always a place to go. And now I don't I don't see that as much anymore. I, I feel agree. like you know. People have graduated, but nobody else got to be a part of it. Does that make sense? It's like people moved up and nobody t- took those places. So when, it, when you yeah. say how, how do black women finally get their shine, I'm waiting for black comedians to get their shine. And I know people keep trying, like Kevin Hart had that show and that was good. And you know, they, they have shows where they expose more talent, but I still don't see it catching on and becoming like their own thing, you know what I
1: mean? I totally agree with you. Here in LA, I know we used to have chocolate Sundays. Yeah, and... you know what I'm talking about. I've done chocolate sundays with Pookie, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you knew like that was the designated place where you could see black performers get put on. And I fear for the existence of that space, should something happen to Pookie or even um uh there used to do something at the Savoy here in Inglewood where black comedians would have a space to just showcase their talent and those spaces are being wiped out even before the pandemic. It's just those stages are, right. like you said, people are graduating and going on to different things. And, you know, we love to see that. But then what happens to the next generation of Black comedy, specifically women?
2: Yeah, I know. So I so I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that. I'm still working on it. I'm still, you know, every other day for me is, am I a comedian still or do I still do this? I don't know. <laughs>
0: right you know
2: it's um i'm like should i learn coding what's next for me because (laughs) i can't i i look to the wanda sykes i look you know well my my role model is marina franklin i look to them i look to their careers and i look to see what their path is and i go okay so i'm i'm happy when somebody wins because it makes me go okay that's my next step
3: Mm -hmm.
2: but but in general it's like you said you google black female comedians you google women in comedy and you don't see very many pathways you see very unique like variations of being successful you see like somebody made it versus people aren't being exposed the way i feel like they deserve to be right somebody mm-hmm. made it somebody made it and you know you don't know what like little tiny sensitive moments led them to that point where they made it like what are there's nobody doing it like my story if i told if i wrote it down it would be like oh that's crazy you did all those things and nothing <laughs> So that's why I decided to finally do this album for myself because nobody was going to hold my hand and say, please come here, you need to show the world. Nobody wanted to expose me. I just decided I'm gonna make this album for myself and see how
1: it goes. I'm glad you did. I was just going to say, please don't start coding yet. I mean, you know, if you want to do that as a side hustle, that's cool too, (laughs) but please don't stop. Please don't stop because, you know, the part that I listened to of your album that was made available to me, I really hollered when you talked about how as a 40 year -year old woman, young men are approaching you. I can totally relate to that, but they're so (laughs) young and dumb.
2: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And it's funny because they think you're young. And Mm. then what's what's the weird there, Here's a weird part if somebody my age comes up to me it's because they think i'm young and then they go wait who is this exactly i can't i can't, I can't use this game on you i'm like no i'm actually 40 <laughs> i'm That's probably three crazy. years older than you still even though
1: you're my age <laughs> khalish you are speaking to my heart why is that it's such an extreme it's either they're 19 or they're like you know, the Deacon, like 72. And it's like, "Mm, where is the mid range? Where is the mid range? Not
2: the Deacon.
1: (laughs) You know, Deacon, Deacon Johnson likes to go do (laughs) karaoke on Saturdays and like, no Deacon, no, no, thank you.
2: And and then he got to tell you, I seen you grow up into a mighty fine woman. (laughs) (laughs) No, you didn't see the whole thing. Did you? Then you don't get to be here. (laughs)
1: You you know, when I read through your, your, your story and, and, and what inspired you and participating in the the, the Black Women in Comedy Festival and- Oh
2: man, I was so inspired because these were my role models. My peers were like me going, wow, I believe so much in everybody around me. It, It rubbed off on me. I said, okay, if I see what you're doing and I see you all as unique and diverse within our own race and our own gender, then, then why, why don't I feel special too? It was like, I finally felt special because they put this task on us that's impossible where we're supposed to represent a whole group of people that are diverse as anybody within Mm -hmm. our own group. So how am I supposed to represent blackness and femaleness all by myself when there are so many different kinds of black women out there that nobody gets to know about? That's right. You know what's what's crazy? I I, I was binging um, Pose Mm. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I, it, 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 I really connected with it. It was so crazy to me because I go, wow, I'm kind of, I'm a big girl. I'm a tall girl. And I don't see women that look this way like, kind of large <laughs> on, on screen dealing with the shit they're going through. And the closest I got is trans women. And I go, I connect with their, their the discrimination they're feeling because they're still minorities they're getting discriminated against. And they're trying to be women in a world that doesn't accept them. I was like, I feel that way all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I feel mm-hmm. like, like, they're, like sometimes, cause I'm not a, I'm not like a girly girl. So I feel like as is uh, people don't see black women as female sometimes it's
1: weird i can't i can't explain it so weird... i know exactly what you mean i know exactly what you mean to use yeah. a far out example like this recent incident that happened with with meg the stallion i've read some really compelling thoughts about as a taller statuesque woman five yeah. ten. you know people think they can enact violence upon you because you're bigger because you can handle it and right There's not that representation. I've Mm -hmm. had this
2: argument with friends of mine. I've been like, you saw how that man was talking to me, right? And -hmm. they go, yeah, we just think, you know, you can handle yourself. I go, I'm I'm still a girl. I'm scared and I'm still worried that he's going to like lash out at me. Could you please stand up for me? I don't, that won't make me feel bad.
0: Right. So
2: I'm watching Pose and I see these women that are trying to be appreciated as sexual people. They're trying to be appreciated as beautiful people. They're trying to be accepted as... And they're trying to they're trying to get through life and i go i that's my story right there mm-hmm. i go that's how i feel all the damn time and i i don't see that necessarily um i don't see that narrative anywhere yeah. i don't see how like disrespected black women get treated on things unless it's about racism because right. some things aren't necessarily uh, yes it's of course it's racism but some things aren't like this racist person was this way to me some things are just like This person doesn't see me as vulnerable. This person doesn't see me as equally like, like sensitive or, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a weird feeling. I think I've felt like a man my whole life, (laughs) like treated like, you know, like I'm supposed to be able to box with you.
1: That's right. The
2: hostility, the aggression from people is incredible.
0: The Black Girl Nerds podcast will return in just a moment. Take care of yourself both inside and out with Hum Nutrition. Get vitamins and supplements for your beauty goals, backed by clinical results designed to get you looking and feeling your very best shipped to you each month. Hum Nutrition's monthly vitamin subscription is affordable, flexible, convenient, customizable, and committed to results. Formulated by experts and rigorously tested, each unique Hum Nutrition supplement packs a combo of potent, clean, and clinically proven ingredients designed for specific goals like clear skin, improved sleep, hair growth, balanced mood, and a healthier body. Well, Black Girl Nerds listeners, listen up. You get 15% off your first order of $29 or more using the code NERDS. That's right. To help boost your well-being in the ways you need it most, take their quick quiz and get individualized product recommendations from their team of registered dietitians to help bring your body, skin, hormones, and moods into balance with Hum Nutrition. And you get 15% off your first order with the code NERDS. Plus, with flexible subscription options and chic packaging, it's insanely easy to stay on top of your daily dosage too. So that code again is NERDS for 15% off your first order of $29 or more. The URL is www.humnutrition.com forward slash get underscore started. Again, that's www.humnutrition.com forward slash get underscore started. Get started to a path of good health with Hum Nutrition.
1: You know, I'm glad you're saying all this. So there's so many people who can relate to this, even along with what you're saying about how they feel like women Black women comedians all tell the same kind of jokes. You know, I was reading that through your material. You know, there's not a space for Black women, especially if you're statuesque or plus size or any other thing outside of the check-all box to be vulnerable or talk about relationships. It's always something trauma-driven, racism, having to be a strong Black woman who ain't gonna take nothing from no man. You know, it's almost Mm -hmm. like there's no existence outside of that. And I like what you're addressing on your album with all these different, you know, all these different segments within the album are going in a unique direction that people can relate to.
2: Yeah. And I even wanted to get a little further away from that. I needed to kind of get that out of my system, but but I have noticed that too. I've been talking about that lately is that we've had to frame our narrative within our oppression. Like for example, when I went to go adopt a cat, right. I'm a Mm -hmm. 40 year old woman with a 13 year old daughter trying to go adopt a cat. And I'm looking at these kittens, like, Hey, can I, can I see one of these kittens? And she's like, no, those are for serious customers. I go, of course, you know, I'm just thinking like, no, 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 no. I go, yeah, of course. You know, she's like, they're a little young and it's for, if you're serious. And I was like, sure. Of course. I just thought, Oh, that's nothing. That don't mean nothing. Then this like seven year old white boy walks over and she goes, would you like to see the kitten? Come on. And she picks it up and puts it in his hands and walks him over to his parents. That's the kind of shit I'm talking about. The kind of disrespect. (laughs) I mean, and I still, I I just want to end up working with a different lady, but I'm there as a serious customer, adopt a cat, and I'm still being treated like there's no way I could be serious. How dare you? Anyway,
1: how dare you want a cat?
2: Right. My point is, uh, now that's tempting to tell people, because what I've learned we've been conditioned to do is the white people in the audience, those are our friends. Mm. And when we tell them about the bad white people, they... They get to go, whoa, I can't believe that's not about me, but it's about me. It's about what I could be if I was an evil white person like them, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's so funny that we're always n- narrating to them about who they are versus me going, let me just story about my cat that's just me and my daughter. Yeah. Why, because honestly, what can you do when you step out of the house? It almost feels like I can't get through a fucking day or a week without being reminded that somebody thinks they're better than me. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard not to focus on that. But you know, I've been to therapy and that's what the therapist says. The therapist says, if you wanna get rid of some of your anxiety, focus on a positive thing. Oh my God, here's the advice she gave me. She said, focus on the positive. So I was at, I was at, um, at my boyfriend who's white. I was at his neighbor's house for Thanksgiving one time, one year, right? Mm-hmm. And I was so uncomfortable. I could tell that they were not the white people that he was. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were just right. neighbors. They were not his family. They were, they, they were, you, you know, you could tell when people are watching you. So I go, okay, maybe I'm just being anxious. I need to focus on the positive. I walked up to a woman holding a baby. Her back was turned to me. So I go, that baby, that's cute. That's positive. Start so walking up. The grandma has her back turned towards me too. And as I get there, she's like, I just don't know if the baby's going to be okay because the, um, she's, you know, the baby doesn't like tan people. What? The what? Heck? She said that. And I was right there. And then she turns around and it lands in my face. I'm like, huh. And she's like, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, when I, I went tanning one time, the baby didn't even like me. And I'm like, OK, that's a backpedal. That's a weird backpedal. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so she so so that's like,
1: OK, focus on positive. And then you still walk into racism, <laughs> Yeah. no matter what. There? No, there, there's never a time when you can take your armor off, ever outside of your four walls. And nowadays you need your armor inside your your four walls too, apparently.
2: Right. So now I'm on this two paths, right? I go before the pandemic happened. I said, I'm going to stop including them in my story. I'm mm-hmm. going to find my own story, my own parts. That's just about me. Right. You mm-hmm. know, and then. And the pandemic hit and then race war. And then I go, nah, okay. I got to balance it. I'm not going to shut up just because I'm sick of them stressing me out. Mm-hmm. But I also need to experience more of the joy of the rest of my life. I need to not focus too much on the fact because it's not going anywhere. And you see people are losing their minds over this. It's a really sad time. And it's, uh, there's a reminder every day that it was always sad.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: now we're all sad about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so,
1: we're confronted being trapped in our houses.
2: Yeah. So I don't, I don't, really, I don't really know exactly what the um, answer is. But I think I have to do both now. You know what I mean? Exactly. And and from what you said, you think I, I, I was able to do both in that album, which is refreshing to hear. Cause, uh, cause I know that um I, like when, when those, when those moments come up in my comedy, you know, depending on where I'm telling those jokes, it can ruin the whole show. <laughs> right. right. They don't want to hear it sometimes.
1: I, I I think it's beautiful. It's refreshing because no one really kind of zeros in on those nuances of A 40 year old single woman with a kid, you know, who no one ever really explores what that is like. And that's what you were doing. And that's what made this so enriching and so cool to me because it resonated with me. And this is kind of like, I feel like women in that age group like us are often forgotten. Either have young people comedy, which is date driven, et cetera, et cetera, or you have old man comedy, which is, you know, ball and fart jokes so <laughs> yeah you know it was fun to see all these different nuances i must ask you please tell me about ricky lake awareness ricky was my girl i love <laughs> okay. the Ricky lake okay. show please tell me about that
2: so so you remember remember the episode this is why i always try if, if you like ricky then you you gotta know this episode because this was a viral moment before we even could share it remember this guy that came on there and he was like ricky 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 Ricky, 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 Ricky. <laughs> you remember him? Sure
1: Ricky, Ricky, Ricky,
2: Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. <laughs> I love Ricky. Like she was talking about it, you know. She was going. She was. She was going through it. And so here's my here's my theory, right? Uh, we are a generation raised on talk shows and hearing people talk about their problems. We have heard somebody expose like the depths of their soul. Whether it's being a cancer survivor, sometimes it's being a fucking uh ex clan member Mm -hmm. or if it's just okay alcoholism or you know a woman comes on to a show and is having a problem with her kids we heard them talk about it right right our parents didn't grow up on these conversations they they're not they weren't even having these conversations with each other but we got to watch people try to figure themselves out and now i swear to god i hear all the time you walk around and you hear young people kind of being so self-aware And kind of going like i think though that day i was feeling like you hear them talk about their feelings instead of instead of it just being like two-dimensional a two-dimensional day they go deeper right and so that was why i brought up ricky lake awareness because it's like i feel like that's the disconnect between um my generation and my mom's and trying to have a relationship with her is that she never felt like she had to work on herself that was never Mm -hmm. that was never part of it it was all survival It was all get to the job it was all provide provide but there is no self-care self-awareness self-like you know there's none of there's none of that from that generation and then when it started coming up so she i remember her watching those shows but she didn't grow up on the shows so she's watching the shows like wow other people have problems Mm -hmm. you know what i mean instead of internalizing and going oh should i ever should i speak to my daughter about how she's feeling or should you know what i mean instead of realizing that she could self-reflect on these other people's problems and relate to them and, and, and be empathetic. She was just watching, you know, they watch it
1: like it's a show <laughs> mm-hmm. That is, but we grew up on these conversations. That is super insightful because I think in my experiences, my mother is over 80 now was that kind of like a late child was unexpected. And yeah, it's strictly for entertainment. I don't think she, I I'm just imagining my mother saying, you know, how do you feel? Maybe I shouldn't have said that. That's so foreign. And that's so not of that generation is mm-hmm. get up and get to work. Oh my God, no apologies. My
2: bad, yeah. here's some cake. And that's why I like what Jada's doing. Jada with her Red Table Talk, that's all that is, is teaching people how to communicate with each other. You know?
1: And that's very needed because uh, there's oh. definitely some, uh, <laughs> you know, so when you look at that, how does that affect the way you speak to your 13 year old? Cause I think about how I speak to my 16 year old, and I try to make sure, you know, I love you. Have a wonderful day. I'm proud of you. If you want to be an artist, by all means, you know, just totally different programming from the programming that I received. Exactly. And I'll I'll do
2: it whenever something occurs to me. Like we just walked down the street and I'm going to lower my voice. I don't want to hear me say this, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we just walked down the street and she was wearing my shorts and she's a very tall girl. She's like five, seven, you know, that's an album. She's, a, she's, not a, she's not a big girl, but she's a tall girl. Mm-hmm. And her fitting my shorts, I had to tell her, I said, listen, when I was your age, I felt bad if I, could, if I was in like a size six, eight or 10. I said, but you might have to wear a six, eight or 10 because they don't make shorts that curve around our figure. Mm-hmm. So if your friends are wearing a zero and a two, that doesn't mean you're fat. It just means you have a booty and that's fine. And I didn't realize that until now when everybody's so body positive, that I should have never thought of myself as a fat girl. Mm. Right. So right. these are the little, I, I'm always constantly trying to give her perspective to save her from getting caught in these traps that I remember being in when I was young. And it, it, it doesn't matter what you do. They're still going to have some problems. They're still going to go through whatever they're going to go through in their stress in their world. But I, I'm just constantly trying to pump positive perspective into her mind so that she mm. can tackle these things on her own. You mm. know what I mean? It's kind of like, giving them a math equation so that when the when the information comes up and they could they could put it together for themselves. And even if they're going through some stress, they got that like they got the perspective that can give them a little peace of mind, that there's an out, that okay, maybe I feel a little bit overweight compared to my flat booty friends, but but my mom explained that I shouldn't have to feel bad about it. So I'm gonna let this feeling
1: pass. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the kind of conversation I have with her all the time. I totally understand that. I mean, you know, we have similar conversations here. That it's, you know, you are not fat. You are a regular size person. You just have different curves than some of your counterparts. Because I think back at some of that, well, you can't wear that, or even just they didn't even make the clothing for curves. No, they still don't. Because it always gets it just
2: gets scooped up into my booty every time I wear. Yeah. I gotta wear. I always gotta wear shorts that have like long shorts right or else, or else the, the the material is gone
1: i don't know how girls do it <laughs> no, kidding. no <laughs> kidding so what does what does the breakthrough quote unquote look for you like what does that next plane look like oh uh, i
2: wish i knew <laughs> i'll mm-hmm. tell you what i tell you what it looks like at home i want tile in my kitchen i don't want linoleum. i don't, it. I I don't want right. i'm tired of um uh, hardwood laminate i don 't want to see i don't want to have to piece together a puzzle on my floor to walk on like i 'm in a display window i want i want uh actual floors <laughs> that 's what success looks like to me is like a like a apartment in good condition i that 's what that looks to me i don 't know how to get there but I know that um I keep working and i'm and i'm trying to put it all together i'm not i'm not the most business structurally minded person I really am not so thank God that
1: my friends think I'm talented and they keep hiring me. <laughs> you are talented. And I know that's right. I feel that pain on the floor and putting it together. I understand. <laughs> if you lived in California, you'd probably say, I don't want to see any more pink, green, blue tile in the bathroom. Like that yeah. is so a California hood thing that so I totally feel. Oh, right. Okay, Over it's here cool. is that peach color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I feel like we're kindred spirits. I mean, please, please, I'm very excited for people to listen to this project. I'm going to pass it along to all my girlfriends because, you know, we live within that pocket that you are addressing. And a lot of women are living in that pocket, even if they're single moms, divorcees. I mean, just, just people. It's just such relatable comedy. And it's so unique and it's so fresh and it doesn't sound like anything that I've like some of the same tired tropes that we hear. That was crazy to me that you said that. I, um, honestly,
2: I got a theory. I think every mom is a single mom. I, that's my theory hmm. on motherhood. Mother, people put so much of the pressure of raising a kid on the mom part that I think we all doing it alone. <laughs>
1: hmm. you, girl, what do they say? Mama's baby, daddy's maybe. Baby. <laughs> Mama's baby's daddy maybe. <laughs> That's my mom's old Southern colloquialisms that she enjoys. I think that's a song too, right? Mom is baby, daddy maybe. I feel like I've heard that in a song. It might be. It might be. What were you gonna say? But I just, I, I just love what you are bringing. It's so fresh. You know, it made me sad when uh, a little bit when they said that. When I read in your materials that it was the whole thing like women are all telling the same jokes, and that could not be anywhere near the truth, especially for Black women. Hell, we could go on whole things about colorism sexism mm-hmm. parenting humor microaggressions there's so many areas that black women can explore in comedy as you do that that's crazy that that, that they think yeah. there's a trope but but but
2: not only that just okay so you're in Englewood I'm in Jersey you you walk out the door and you got a different experience than me you got a different day than me you got a different job than me You know, you're from a different place. You got a different, you got different parents than I do. You have different perspective than I do. So we all have a different story to tell, period. And Mm -hmm. it's, and it's, and it's crazy that they can boil it down to, well, aren't you just going to go up there and talk about being black and being a woman? So we got that. We got one of those. We don't need a second person talking about the two things that we see you as. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Wow police. This has been just an absolute pleasure. I know you have a heart out your, your team told me you have a heart out, but I enjoyed this so much. I'm looking so forward to amplifying you you and sharing your, your, your humor with other people so they can enjoy it as much as I did. And I wish you nothing, 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 but success and good vibes and, and good energy. In every month it. of your life, you sound—you a church girl.
2: <laughs> I feel you. I was oh, raised in church. My grandma's a pastor. You
1: are—you—you uh, you got a good spirit in you. I feel it. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for your time, and have a wonderful day. And hug your baby for me, and I'm gonna go in there and hug mine.
2: Yes. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Take I'll talk care. Talk to you
1: later. All right.
2: Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. There's lots of great ways to start off your day: eating breakfast, meditating. Walking your dog. What about making up your bed? Do you make up your bed in the morning? I'm going to be honest, I don't. But what's important is how you feel going to bed at night and the sheets that go on your bed. I got to be honest with you, I have started using Brooklyn and sheets on my bed and I feel so much more comfortable. I feel so much more cozy at night and I have two cats and they are spending a lot more time on my bed sheets (laughs) Um, now than ever before. And I don't blame them. They're sleek. It's got a nice satin feel. It is very cozy and cool. And that's what cats love when they like to lay on things. So the sheets feel really good to them and they feel good to me. Brooklyn has a variety of sheets colors and patterns and materials for all of your lounging needs. Classic, cool, crisp, and timeless matte finish. Luxe satin, buttery smooth cotton sheets. Linen, airy, effortlessly chic, made with the highest quality flax in the world. Heathered cashmere made for sweater weather, whether you're feeling comfy or cozy. And it's even more to love, which includes bundle sheets and a bedding big, and you can save bigger. A duvet, core sheet set, extra pillowcases, bedding extras like blankets and fabric care. And you can chat with a friendly Brooklinen representative that's ready to talk to you about any and all questions that you may have about the product. Over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. So here we go. Black Girl Nerds listeners, You guys will get 10% off of your first order and free shipping when you use the promo code NERDS only at brooklinen.com. That's right. Get 10% off of your first order and free shipping when you use the promo code NERDS at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life.
3: Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and you know what I'm back with. I'm back with another Black heroine for you guys. But you know, before we dive into this week's heroine, you know, I have to mention some Marvel news. I'm always trying to keep you guys posted on whatever little kind of cool, interesting, creative stuff I can find here. So I don't know if I mentioned already, but one of the things I'm trying to do while we're on this stay-at-home order whenever I have um, a little bit of free time is I really want to learn more about cooking. And so... And you guys also know I have a love for comics. So this is the perfect way for me to combine both because I spend way too much time reading comics, you know, into graphic novels and not doing any cooking whatsoever, which I need to learn how to cook. So expected July 28, 2020. There's uh, Marvel is presenting Marvel Eat the Universe, um, the official cookbook by celebrity chef Justin Warner. And if you guys are if there's any Food Network star fans out there, he won season eight. And there's gonna be dishes like Storm's Tornadoes of Beef, Phoenix's Hot Chicken, and Nova Space Cop Galaxy Donuts. So I know what I'm gonna be doing around July twenty eighth. And you know, I probably should be learning before this, but this, but you know, I gotta wait until my my passion of comics meets up for the right cooking moment. So here we go. So I'm ready. Marvel Eats Eat Marvel Eat the Universe. Let me get it right. The official cookbook is July twenty eighth, twenty twenty. So there is my little Marvel news for you guys. All right, so let's get into it. Today, we're talking about Shuri. And I'm continuing my Black Panther craze here again, again, again. I say, if you have not seen Black Panther, pause this, go watch it, come back. I don't have any, I quite don't have any, I really don't have any spoiler alerts for you, except for one thing. I do have to mention, because I'm not going to go back in and pla- um, to back go through Black Panther for this episode. But I do have to mention my favorite part of this is because i love hearing suri's little quips about fashion and everything because sometimes you think a lot of people think in our society that you can't have the brains and the smarts that she has and also be very fashionable which i think she is so one of my favorite scenes is between letitia wright chagma bozeman or suri and the black panther or t'challa throwing a lot of names here in this scene where she busts him for wearing these raggedy slide-ins to his first council meeting So and she introduces a new high tech footwear, which she calls a sneaker. And so like the whole moment was just so funny. It was just so many little quips between them. That's also when they enter the lab at the beginning of the first time when they do the like I mentioned before, the the uh, right over left Wakanda forever uh, salute that everybody loves. So, yeah, there you go. That's my little baby spoiler. But yes, watch Black Panther if you haven't. Because I'm heavy Black Panther right now. And to me, that brought so much clarity. And then you can go back and read the comics. So cool. So check out Black Panther. All right. So Shuri, she is, she has an alter ego, ego. Alter ego, wow. Well, alter ego. Aja Adana, I want to say. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Her aliases are the Black Panther. Yes, she does have a moment of being the Black Panther. We'll get into that a little bit. And of course, the Princess of Wakanda. Place of origin, Wakanda. Really wish Wakanda was a real place. Let me just go ahead and throw that out there. So creators are Reginald Hudlin. And if that sounds familiar, it's because not only is he a comic book writer, but from 2005 to 2008, he was a president of entertainment for BET. Also, her um, one of her other creator was John Romito Jr. And he is known for his extensive work in Marvel Comics from 1970s to the 2010s. And he is the son of a war-wing artist, John Romita Sr. The first appearance for Shuri was in Black Panther 2, May 2005. Her education was training in Jalea from a griot spirit. And we'll get more into what Jalea is in a little bit. She is one of the most brilliant minds in the world. She's Black Panther's sister. And she is also the chief science officer of Wakanda. Boom, there you go all in one her parents are king t'chaka and her and her mom is queen ramonda her biggest ally is her brother which i think is so cute and by the way Leticia, if i don't say it enough letitia wright and chagel bosan were especially Leticia wright since we're talking about um shuri here she acted i i it's so she did so well i can't even envision i know they have the, they have animated um they have animated episodes and stuff for Shuri, and they're probably going to come out with some more stuff as Black Panther Two is in the works. But she worked; she acted her butt off in this part. The way she appeared on the screen—it was another goosebumps, goosebump moment. I feel for me, as a you know, as an African American woman, to see her on screen like that. She invent she basically invented everything they use from the infrastructure. To, you know, a safe way to contain the vibranium, wep, the wep, the different weapons they use vibranium for. Just everything comes from her brilliant mind and nobody else can top her. And I just think that was an amazing Goosebump moment for any African-American girl, young, old, you know, just for just a female of color. Just to see that have that powerful moment to show that it is OK to show how smart you are and to be different because she always adds a little spin, as we'll talk to in this um in this novel i'm getting ready to present she always has a little spin to her to the situation to kind of make it her own so cool but yeah love sherry sherry love 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 okay so i'm gonna get into a little bit of her power here, because genetically and technically as well she she you know she doesn't set out to take the herb the heart-shaped herb so it does show she does get powers in that way but we know her t- to me her biggest power and throughout the comics is her mind she is just brilliant beyond belief, which I think is just fantastic. So when she does, be, so when she come, becomes a Black Panther, she goes through ingesting the heart-shaped herb to boost her strength, her senses, and her abilities. She's also, she also have a Barbaranium lace costume. The costumes are pretty cool when you check them out throughout the comics. And these, um, these two volumes of graphic novels I'm going to talk to you about. Well, one I'm just going to mention, I'm going to, I'm going to go real in, in, in detail into one specifically. Also, um, as when she when she goes to the to the the Jalia, I've been telling you about, she learns to um, she has deeper cultural memory. She can also control crows and she can turn her skin to like a statue like state. So those are some cool things she picks up. Her first supervillain she fights is radioactive man. She also gets to work alongside Spider-Man, Wolverine, the Fantastic Four, Black Widow, War Machine, and Deadpool. And I'm not trying to slight anybody here, but if you didn't recognize War Machine, that's Don Cheadle. He is part of Iron Man. He's like Iron Man's right, uh, right-hand right man. It's kind of how I think of him. So, um, you know, not to slight Don Cheadle, but sometimes people are like, what? War Machine. So there you go. Okay also oh, I already mentioned I thought I forgot to mention so she is um like I said her first appearance is Black Panther issue number two May 2005 but we're not going to go I'm not going to go through that issue but just to kind of give you guys a little thing where she starts at but what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about Surrey volume one search for the Black Panther this is a graphic novel from it, the year is 2018 2019 by author Neneda Aquafour, and it's drawn by Leonardo Romero or Leonard Romero. and I'm going to take you chapter by chapter, so if you kind of want to grab it and kind of follow me chapter by chapter here. So, the first chapter is called Gone. So, one of the reasons for Siri taking the black shaped herb and turning the black, taking the mantle of the Black Panther. It's because Black Panther is needed elsewhere is what it continuously says through the comics con- continue says at the beginning of this book. so basically there was an assassin there was an assassination attempt on his life. They don't really go into from what I've read so far because I want to dig on this more too and let me know you know as always, shoot me your ideas and thoughts if you know if you have them, but um if you have them about this, but Black Panther was there was attempt there was a assassination attempt on his life. And, um, so after this, after this attempt on his life, he kind of closes off, so to speak, has to go off, do his own thing, personal journeys and everything, trying to figure out where he's at. So she has to take up the mantle. During this, she is protecting Wakanda from Thanos' Black Order. And the Black Order is basically a supervillain team. And they're also known as the Children of Thanos. So if you need, if you don't need, I feel like you don't really need any more description other than that, Children of Thanos. And, you know, we all just can't stand thanos or at least i know i can't so she's facing thanos's black order and she gets killed and so she is sent by courtesy of of black panther's help and you'll meet um also her boyfriend manifold where he turns into a boyfriend after this but anyway so both of them ended up end up sending her to jalea the plane of wakanda memory and here she the her ancestors endow her with the powers of legendary warriors. And so she be, she kind of sort of is back into, OK, now her brother and her door in door, the Dormalaji are by her to, to by her side to help her protect Wakanda. But you'll notice as we go through this issue, one of the kind of things I like about this about this novel is you kind of see her go back and forth about whether what exactly she offers to Wakanda and whether she really wants that mantle back. Because going through something like that, you know, can't even imagine. But, you know, there is this added pressure for her to take that mantle back up. So let me explain why. So go, what, uh, let me go ahead and mention too. Wakanda at this point is known to the world. So it's already been it's already out there after the big announcement. Everybody knows about Wakanda. So Suri, with her brilliant self, has found a way for Wakanda c- to go on its first space mission. And let me explain a little bit about this this ship and just how dope Suri is. What she What she has done is she has basically made this ship like skin. So it has a network of molecules that are wired to carry information to a central computer. So just imagine all kind of information you can get for something like that. Everything just picking up, you know, atmosphere and all anything that can derail the flight plan is what she has crafted this um the spaceship to be able to do. And so guess who's on the spaceship? None other than her brother, the Black Panther, and her her teleporting boyfriend, Manifold. So Shuri is um So she sent. she's hoping they're going to protect each other was her whole plan. Because, you know, Black Panther likes to do everything by himself. He's cool. He's got it. So Manifold was just was originally sent. To be a backup, but that, however, did not work out. So. um, Because he ends up getting lost in space for two weeks. So Shuri's boyfriend and brother are lost in space for two weeks. Therein lies how we start rolling in the story. Also, I want to mention too, since she's since she's gotten back from Jalea, the um, the Wakanda memory plane, there are ancestors that kind of follow her. You know how you kind of have that demon angel on your shoulder sort of thing they do in television shows and movies. But for this, for her, it is the her ancestors' voices, and they're always kind of chiming in when she, you know, maybe she wants it. It's probably for her own good, but obviously, you know, sometimes she wants to hear it, sometimes she doesn't. So just that kind of little side note there and how beautifully it's kind of illustrated as you work your way through this graphic novel here. So um, we start with what I thought was really dope was the women of Wakanda. And they have these secret meetings called the Elephant's Truck. The Elephant's Trunk and the Queen leads this. So her mother, you'll notice, too, take steps up really big to protect her, to help her, to give her that little nudge she needs to be this true powerhouse to protect the what kind of people to take up the Black Panther mantle. And so she has the secret society. She the secret meeting. She's inviting Suri. You notice, there's all kind of women here, different women for all walks of life, whether they're they're creating the clothing or there's um what I kind of see as our generation as a as a kind of a millennial a kind of young person to kind of give their perspective her name is Mansa by the way and and kind of remember that because I'm going to come back to her with she how she's involved in this so you have all these different women from all work, walks of life and what kind of meeting up caught in this meeting called the elephant's trunk so when they're so they just basically in this meeting you know they're going to decide okay how do we deal with Black Panther is missing right now we want as little people to know as possible which we know that never goes down like that and they're going to come up they're coming up with a decision and they're going to take it back the queen is going to take it back to the council so that's where we kind of leave that right now and her and the queen is still kind of frustrated because like I said Shuri is not really up to up ready to take this mantle back so I want to talk about now what I thought was dope is Storm is also in this graphic novel. And you know, you guys know that's coming up for me. I'm working on that trying to get that together for you guys. All time favorite right there. So we get Storm. Storm comes back in town because her and Black Panther are together. Can't wait to explore that story more with you guys. Anyway, she gets the word that Black Panther is missing. And so we learn that so Storm's idea is sh- um Shuri is very much about keeping it science, stuff that she can touch, stuff, stuff that she can prove. Storm on the other hand wants to take T'Challa's route and consult T'Challa scientists. And this person is the na- by the goes by the name of Chief Ikoko. And so Chief Ikoko is more about the spirits and finding people that way, you know, stuff that Shuri's kind of like okay, well, you know, you're the girlfriend. Also, we find out that um that Eko- Chief Ikoko is Black Panther's, one of Black Panther's ex-girlfriends or something like that. So that's also that kind of weird thing there too. Why it's like, Storm, you really about to suggest that? But she does. So they go to what is called a mute zone. And basically mute zones are with, so how technology advanced Wakanda is, it's basically a way to shut yourself off from, the government or or whoever to be able to find you in Wakanda. They're kind of off the grid, so to speak. So they're going to a mute zone to find Chief Ikoko. And so we got Shuri, we got um, Storm. They're teaming up now to go travel. Okay, so what happens now is they decide that they're going to do this ceremony to send Shuri and Storm up to space to see if they can find Black Panther. So they meet at this place called the Baobab Tree. And real quick the ba- the baobab tree is actually actually grows in Africa, Australia and the Middle East. So real thing here traditionally used as food, medicine and basis for clothes and household items. So real sort of thing here. I just kind of want to got, you know, give you your random tree fact of the day. There you go. So at the at the baobab tree, this is where they're going to have this ceremony hearing that kind of background on the tree, you kind of figure out why this is going to be kind of like our little central meetup space where they keep trying to come back to where some of the big things, some of the bigger things go down. Also keep in mind, cause I'm going to come back to this. I'm going to come back to this a couple times. Mansa, who was in the elephant trunk meeting early has somehow, cause this slipped past me on my first read has somehow snuck back to this tree and is going to end up in a sticky situ- situation with storm and Shuri. So keep that in the back of your heads. So anyway, we do the ceremony, Storm, Shuri, now their spirits are up into space. Not really sure how Storm kind of spins out in the situation. She does end up coming back safely. But where we really take off, of course, is on Shuri's adventure. And Shuri, get this, is transported. As soon as she thinks she's about to come close to her brother, figure out what her brother is. Something goes wonky, as it always does when you're playing with spirits like this. And she gets trapped in Groot's body. Yes, Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, so follow me here. So she is trapped in Groot's body and you know you don't have Groot without Rocket if your Guardians of Galaxy fan. So Groot and Rocket right now are in a situation where their ship is being attacked by an alien bug called a space looper and get ready for your drinking game because I'm gonna say looper a whole bunch of times. So this space looper is attacking the ship. Siri now realizing that yeah, Shuri now realizing that okay, she's trapped in this body. She needs to help out in this situation. This Luber, by the way, get this is a fan of music, and she ends up dedicating. By the way, now I'm kind of skipping down. I've got to kind of walk you guys through the chapters as I'm going. We're in chapter three now, called Group Boom. So she dedicates this chapter to the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin and um the greatest as you should just dedicate everything like that definitely the queen of soul and so there's even a line where shuri's kind of mentioning that she's the queen of soul because she's now tasked with okay figuring out this problem because she's stuck in a group's body apparently this looper is attracted to the sound of music there because there's a mixtape left and if you guys follow guardians of the galaxy you know peter's quills whole thing with mixtapes where he got it from his mom that passed away and all that kind of stuff so they're thinking that his mixtape is playing that's why they can't get rid of this Luber also get this Mansa whose spirit is also up there because she was sneaking around doing stuff she didn't have any business doing she apparently is singing Respect the song Respect by the Queen of Soul Aretha Franklin and because now some weird way the Luber and her are connected so she's actually drawing this this luber to the spaceship creating all other kind of things that Shuri and Groot and Rocket have no idea what the heck's going on so anyway of course with Storm coming back and and Chief E Coco is not she's not about to let this go down like this so she pulls she figures out what's going on she pu- she pulls Shuri back to her body and that leaves I think the loop Lu- the luber ends up somehow just kind of disappearing they don't really know what has happened yet so Shuri's now back in her body manse mansa is back in her body as well but they still don't understand they still don't quite know what's going on with her and all in that whole story so they kind of find her over there they're like okay i don't really know what's going on and try to get her back she's kind of knocked out disoriented and everything because so they take her back to take care of her and we learn we cut from Shuri and the gang for a minute because we learned that over in timbuktu the space luber has now landed in the middle of a concert and is starting to terrorize people so we have that we have that one little part and also a part a thing of the space loop but not only is this, this weird this weird big bug going around that's getting close to wakandas in Timbuktu. now he can also create black holes so you know that just makes him fantastic and so we're going to cut back from him, terrorizing the people at the concert, back to the Wakanda countryside. And we see Okoye representing the Dora as usual. Because, uh, oh, I know what I forgot to mention here. Okoye comes back in because I forgot to mention the queen is out on her own little mission, as I said, trying to help Shuri. So the queen has gone missing. So in the mix of Shuri trying to deal with her brother being missing, now she has this weird space alien that she's she hasn't really found out yet, but that's gonna become one of her problems too. But she has all this going on up, oh, and her mom is missing. So Okoye, being general, goes out, finds her moms, ends up finding her mom at a community center. And at this community center is a Pan-African Alliance meeting, which was started Black Pan- by Black Panther, by the way, you know, to kind of keep the other, the other um factions and tribes and stuff. Uh, in our in africa you know have them meet in the middle somewhere with wakanda you know keep that kind of community element he wanted to create. so we have we have her there and also um and like I, I mentioned before too mansa is back with um storm trying to recuperate and ikoko as well trying to the chief Coco to try to make sure that she's okay so we kind of cut back and forth as you'll know you'll notice between these pages of kind of what's happening with her and um being at this pan-african alliance meeting with the queen and also at this meeting you'll you'll notice that shuri ends up showing up here because shuri has another person that's helping her out too muti and muti is a hacker that hacked into suri stuff way back and so for some reason she's still keeping this hacker around but you know she found a friendship in him so he's actually located her mom and so now Shuri's on her way and has now arrived to the Pan-African Alliance meeting because like I said she left Manson all that other stuff Storm was kind of handling that and so while they're at this meeting and by the way let me mention your mom is as we all know your mom is only going to tell you something once so The Queen has already told this Pan-African Alliance meeting before Shuri shows up. So this is kind of throws Shuri off too when she gets there. That she has taken up the mantle of Black Panther. We all know she's not sure. Hasn't done anything like that yet. So that also makes this Pan-African Alliance meeting even more tense to find out, okay, my mom's here. I didn't even know this existed. And now they think I'm about to be the savior of everything because they they think I've taken up the Black Panther man. So, of course, she goes along with it because, like I said, your mom only tells you something. You don't need your mom to tell you stuff more than twice, you know, probably more than one time, you know. So she's she's like, okay, all right, I got this. While they're all in this meeting, of course, they end up finding out about the space luber. So making things even more dire. So Siri decides she's going to go and face this space looper, figure out what's going on. And notice, note, as you as you look through this, look at this great art. She is wearing the glove she wore in the movie. I can't think of the technical term for him right now. Filled with the, you know, made out of vibranium, all that cool stuff. She's still, so this is going to be her weapon of choice because like I said, she's not Black Panther yet. So she's going over here to handle this. When she gets there, she takes a Koye along with her. When she gets here, she realizes, okay, I need somebody else, and you know, I can't believe she's like, I need somebody that can help me double check my math. You know, so, you know, some someone maybe as smart as me, and she picks on she picks no other than Tony Stark, Iron Man himself, poured out for Iron Man. If you've seen Endgame, you know, just uh, it's a lot. Th- this is the kind of stuff. I think I also picked the two a little reminiscent of this is what I wanted to happen. As it continued, I kind of hope we will see a little bit, a little of this kind of intermixing in Black Panther too. But like I said, we all know how the story goes down and they're starting a whole new phase at Marvel. So we'll see where it goes. But anyway, for now, we get this lovely treat of Shuri and Iron Man working together. So she calls him in. And so now they're teamed up to figure out basically their problems are they got to deal with this black hole. And also I forgot to mention earlier at the concert, we do end up seeing this jerk of a guy called Moses Magnum. And Moses Magnum has seismic powers. So he's trying to drain, basically he's wanting to drain this energy from this black hole thing. that's just going to make him all the best ever in the world. And instead of helping out, he's trying to make it worse. So they're dealing with this fool. Plus they got to figure out how to close this black hole down. Of course, Tony Stark does not leave anywhere without his... um without his his drones and little gadgets and stuff like that so he has a drone there that he's gonna they're gonna rig up using equations and everything so what i like about this is they never take the genius factor the smartness away from shuri so shuri is over here putting in numbers putting in equations trying to figure out how to get this drone to work with to work with this energy to make this black hole smaller to kind of to close it up tony is dealing with moses's crazy tale They ended up, they ended up being, being able to combine and they end up being able to shrink the black hole and the black hole sucks Moses Magnum in there as he deserves Why he's trying to be a uh, show off. So that is, that is completed. So we have one problem down. They're kind of figuring out how to close this black hole, but there's still the idea of the space Luber out there. He's connected to this young girl named Mansa. She doesn't really know what's going on. Everybody else is confused. All I know is they got to deal with the space Luber before it gets to wakanda so that is where we we leave off in this first volume here also um well actually hold on let me back up for a minute before we leave off after you know she says bye to tony and all that kind of stuff we get our little brief glimpse of those two geniuses together we get we see shuri back with the pan-african alliance and i like this little bit of this little dialogue here because it shows that she still has this hesitation she's not completely convinced that she can take up the black Panther mantle. But like I said, when she know, when she's thinking about all these things hitting her, she needs to find her brother. This luber, this space luber, this alien is out there. So she basically does what any smart, brilliant, badass black woman in her position just on just not even her, but just in general, I just think would just step up and be like, okay, you know what? I just got to do what I got to do. So she decides she's gonna put the Black Panther suit on. She's ready to go. And she even adds, this is what I'm talking about about making things her own. She adds these cool, I'm I'm sure, I'm definitely sure there's some vibrania in there somehow, but kind of like, you know, robotic X esque uh wings to her Black Panther suit. So we got the slick, cool, fitted Black Panther suit because of course she made Black Panther suits of so hers gotta be bomb plus she's going to add wings on them for flight. So she's ready to go. She's on a suit. She's got the suit on. She's ready to go. So that's where that first, that volume ends. I do want to mention if you, if that kind of got your interest, if you want to kind going to go back and check out some details and go into the second volume, it's called Shuri volume two, 24, seven vibranium, same year, 2018, 2019. And by the way, Check this issue, check this second volume out. There is a actual song in there called 24-7 Vibranium that you need to know the lyrics to that you need to check this out. So dope by Nanita Aquafort and Vita Alaya are the um, the authors illustrated by Rachel, Rachel Stout, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, and Paul Davison. So, yes, definitely check that out. Also, we get Spider Man, Miles Morales, the dopest Spider Man ever. And we get Miss Marvel and some other kind of cool people that are going here that she gets to interact with that we don't get from the movies and everything that we're hoping are going to step up and put it into, hopefully. So, we get to see those cool interactions. Oh, yeah, definitely check out Volume 2. Also, you know, I like to give you, if there's any kind of TV stuff, obviously, Letitia Wright played her in the movie Black Panther. Daisy Lightfoot plays her in Marvel Rising. And Marvel Rising is a bunch of, if you haven't seen it before, animated series about teen superheroes. You get things like Miss Marvel, uh, Squirrel Girl. You got Quake. And basically, they're these aspiring heroes that create a crew. And so they have an episode called Marvel Rising Operation Shuri, So check that out. Definitely check that out. That's some little bit of TV stuff I found for you. Hopefully we get more as always. We always want more. And, you know, let me know your thoughts on who you think. I think I can't see anybody but Letitia Wright playing. But let me know if you have any ideas of who could play Shuri in a TV series or anything like that. Also, I have one more bit of piece of cool news because we're going from one Black author that has created, one Black female author that has created this forum, this volume one and two of Shuri. But we also have a new thing coming out, May 5th, author Nick Stone. I don't know if you ever heard of her, but she is a best-selling author known for young adult fiction. She's known for two novels called Dear Martin and Clean Getaway. And so November 5th, Nick Stone is coming up with Shuri, a Black Panther novel. And if you kind of look at, because I have the cover here on my phone, pulled up on my phone here. It's a very, it's a very young. It actually, it looks, because usually I'm thinking in the comics for so far, what what I've been able to tell is usually like teens, young adult kind of Shuri. We don't really get the younger version. So it looks very young on this cover. And so, yeah, this looks dope. She's going through to figure out how to, replenish the um the heart-shaped herb in Wakanda so that's kind of like one of her missions I'm kind of reading the little synopsis they have here on the book um but yeah Google check that out it's going to be out May 5th just to keep it rolling and I just think it's so dope how we have all these black female writers pick uh picking Shuri to kind of keep developing the story picking their own angles and like I said showing that is it's always okay to show how smart you are smart you are and it's always okay to highlight your differences and be proud of who you are. Whatever you want to bring to the table and and um, show how unique you are is what I just love about just in general about covering all these black heroines. They have so many different cool features and just make you feel um, great to just be a badass black woman. That's all I got to say. So that's cool. That's all I got for you. Shuri, check out all these volumes. Go back, look at the old Black Panther issues if you want more of how she first started. And you guys stay safe. And that's all I got for you. Bye.
0: The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audio Boom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.